de, de, de Colores Radio. De, de, de Colores Radio. Hello, hello, hello. Bienvenidos. Welcome to De Colores Radio. This is episode 42. It's 42 already? We're 42. Isn't that a movie? Wow. Yeah. Um, How are we doing? Crickets. Damn. I'm sad. <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you? That's, I mean, I'm good. <laughs> wow. I've only had half a drink. As always, thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Eva Arreguin. And with me is my co-host, Rafael Tamayo. What's up? No bra. Bra. There we go. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Just chilling, living your best life. Not chilling. It's a little warm in here. But, it's uh, real warm in here. Yeah. I'm going to be sweating by the end of this. Yeah. I'm, I'm all right, though. Well, good. That sounded sad at the end, but it's okay. We're going to pretend that you weren't sad. I'm always sad. That's not the right song, is it? That's Charlie Brown? I don't know what Anyways. you're saying. Every step. <laughs> wow. The caucasity. Anyways, I'm feeling good, but I'm kind of tired. And I need some words of advice. Okay. I want to give our listeners. <laughs> I want to hear the one time when you don't start laughing. Because I look at you and you always do this face and I just, I try not to break. And I'm not an actor like you. So actor. We're all actors. Everyone's an actor. The world's actors. a stage. Yeah. I want to give our listeners an insight into our personal energy. Into how we are feeling right now. Into the reality of our existence. <laughs> That's right. We're translating our feelings in the best way we know how. Memes. It's really warm in here. It's time for me mood. Yippee. Oh, Rafi. It's okay, your birthday. Okay, so I have two. I have more than Are you what pulling I, a pat? I'm pulling a pat the gat today. Wow. How dare you? I came loaded. D? D <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. All right. So I have the first one is of... Um, the Simpsons, Homer is on the sofa with Lisa and Bart. Mm -hmm. And he says, Lisa, you've got to learn to trust your government. Mm -hmm. And then the next little slide says, that's what I do. But he's talking into his lamp. Into the lamp. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, gotta love paranoia. Am I right? Yeah, true. Me. 24-7. Same. Um, and hey, then, FBI. Okay, hi. Sorry. How are y'all? And say what's good? What's popping? Get us some sponsors. What's Thanks. Up? What up? What's up with it? Uh, <laughs> And then the other one is of a little of a puppy Aww. enjoying some Angeles Azules and like literally just looking like he's having the best time of his life. He's a and mood. Like rocking with the cumbia back and forth. So I'll just play it. A classic. <laughs> so cute. His yeah. little face. I love him. He's loving it. He's like barely moving. Like he yeah. knows what the quince is like. Yeah. Da -na 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 -na. So that's going to be in our head for the next three years. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Um, those are great me moods, and I need to know where you find them. Um, <laughs> my me mood. I've seen this for a few weeks now, but every time I watch this video, it's funny. I don't know if you've seen it. I'm not a fan of Kodak Black for reasons that I think we've discussed on this show. But there's a video of him like in the studio again, and it's so awkward. They have like oh, a beat, yeah, and then he's doing like a little. <laughs> there's been me where it's like the mosquitoes outside yes! waiting for me to yes! come. Yes, <laughs> and it's 
it's so funny. So all those memes are me right now. Yeah. Because I just think it's hysterical. And he's an interesting figure to me in general. Mm-hmm. But that video is just hilarious. So that is my meme mood. I'll post it. Maybe I'll make my own version of that. But um, any of those are pretty funny usually. So it's been a busy Latinx history month, you guys. Um, or Hispanic Heritage <laughs> Month or whatever y'all call it. Um, Dude, how so I, I, I think you might have seen it. What? I tweeted something about saying bring Culture Clash to Netflix or something. Yes. So Culture Clash used to have that uh, skit comedy show on Fox like back in the early 90s. It was ahead of its time. Like to, right. to think that we I experienced that one night when I was so young. When did it come out? I want to say early 90s. I think it's so fascinating how the early 90s had like a boom in like black and brown shows and then it just like disintegrated for 20 years almost and then now they're kind of coming back. Yeah, I was talking to Pee Wee about it and we were talking about because John Leguizamo I think kind of did some guest stars on that. Did he get his start there? I think he might have and then um, there was one skit of like Latin of uh, like Chicano Cholos or whatever trying to like up with chicano history and they're like we interrupt your regularly scheduled program it was it was hilarious but i was thinking of that and then um i had mentioned i had mentioned it on uh on twitter.com twitter.com slash (laughs) e-k-z-i-l-e okay but yeah but i was thinking of of that a lot because we were i've had several conversations about latinx hispanic Mm -hmm. mexican chicano latino latina and um there was one point i think where I don't know if it was with this show or not, but it was somehow tied to like this whole thing. Uh, Geraldo was Love on one of the shows, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, big shout out to you, Mexican, Mexican American, Chicano, Latino, Hispanic. First, figure out what the hell you want to call yourselves." You said that, and then yeah, it was part of a skit. It was like a comedy skit. Oh, in the nineties. Yeah. Okay. But I remember when we were talking about the term Latinx here in the office mm-hmm. at OC three with Tish and G. Like that idea came up because, because you know, some people identify with one, some people identify with others, and it's really difficult to kind of pinpoint the most inclusive one. For and sure. even then, people get offended. But absolutely. Um, so I was actually going to ask you how you've celebrated, which is a little bit of a lighter topic, but I think we can discuss what you just mentioned with our guests in a little I've, while. Yeah, I've celebrated by having those conversations. Look at that <laughs> beautiful Pat. Have you celebrated? I guess he's celebrating us in Mexico. Okay, that's Dang, good. Dang, that's how you stunt. She knows how to do that, yeah, you guys. I haven't, I haven't done anything. I mean, I celebrated by going to Mexico. To my motherland, bitch. Yeah. I don't know. That was just like me thinking right off sorry the Sorry for of my cursing. Head. Am I sorry? I don't I, know. I haven't done anything here besides going to the mall exhibit that y'all hosted. That was a lot of fun. You went to the mall? Oh, my God. Okay, so <laughs> I think there's some exciting things happening. We're actually hosting... Texas Latino Pride. Ooh, where the host at? Happen- wow, we right here. What's up? Happening at River Sean. River yeah. Chon. That's River- what I want to say. La Chona. That's what you want to say, but that's not what you're going to say. River Chon. Because that's some Mexican history right there. Park. Um, How amazing is that? I'm very excited. I'm very honored. Um, It's a big deal. It's a huge deal. And I was like, are you sure we are not... We're not this community, and and he really wanted us involved, so we're very honored to be a part of it. Um, I well, we are, but we're n- not. Right, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, and so I just didn't want to take up space in a place that wasn't made for me. But at the same time, it is kind of made for me. So yeah, I'm excited to think of of like um, afterwards 
because it was one it was really cool of, of uh, Juan Shout to out. think of us um, and for Texas Latino Pride to agree to have us but I'm excited I'm always excited about the things that we do like afterwards so like what it'll mean from that point forward mm-hmm. like what comes when, of it right when will we team up with the people there again when will we team up with Juan or Texas Latino Pride what'll happen in, in the months in the afterwards so that's yeah, a very that's optimistic what, way to look at it. It is. I usually hate everything and everyone. Right. So that's but, really nice to um, hear you. Stuff like that is what keeps my engines revved up. Toot toot. Um, so everyone <laughs> come out to that. We will be talking to Juan himself a little bit later. Um, then we have a very special guest in the house with us today. As you know, to continue celebrating the month, I wanted to bring in someone who I believe is a force to be reckoned with. We have a great community organizer with us today, Christian Hernandez. Christian Hernandez, excuse me, will be joining us a little bit later and we get to hear her story. And are there any other updates before we get started? No? I think we're ready to get started. All right, then let's jump into the juice. El Juguito. Fantastic. Yay. Juguito. This is the juice where we cover the latest gossip on pop culture, politics, news, and more. So I actually always start with our bad news. And because we live in a on a planet that we did not take care of, there is always bad news. So unfortunately, in Indonesia... A tsunami hit. I believe it was an earthquake and then the earthquake led to a tsunami. I believe that's what happened mm-hmm. because it's like the after effect or something right. like that. The aftershock. I'm and still then... understanding how planets work. Um, but I believe up to a thousand and maybe past a thousand have you been. Said, I'm sorry. It's not funny, but you said planets like more than one. Is there not more than one planet? <laughs> there is. It was just funny the way, <laughs> the way you said it. I'm shook. <laughs> I believe that there are other creatures living on other planets. Okay. I agree too. So. Yeah. What, did, what was that meme that said that what if we originally lived on Mars, but we messed it up so bad that we sent an escape. We sent an escape pod to the earth and it was Adam and Eve. And that's how life. Not Adam Earth. and Steve. Just kidding. Or, actually, who was before? Because there was someone before Making Eve. Making fun of people. What was the name of the the girl before Eve? The The woman before Eve? Um, sis, I don't know what Bible you're talking about. Yes, of course they don't teach you that in the, um... I went to Catholic school, so... That's what I'm saying, they don't teach you that in the Catholic faith. Ooh! Lilith, Lily. Who's yeah. that? What the She fuck? was before Eve. Okay, now I'm confused, and I never Read heard up. that. Actually, I shouldn't say that. Do you that. trust go, that? Go, go, I mean, it's one of those things where people, people talk about stuff. I'm not saying that that's fact. Well, we're getting completely sidetracked. Sorry, it's this, this, uh, it's warm in here. Gin and juice. So, of course, we are devastated to hear about this. I always feel even more sad because I can see how America only cares about, like, mostly white countries because I barely heard about this. And it's a huge headline. It's a devastating event, but I have not heard that much about it. I don't know if y'all have heard that much about it. Um, hopefully, by the end of the juice, maybe Pat can pull up where we can donate or contribute. I'm sure there's some like American Cross thing because when it comes to big mass events like that, it always tends up ends up going to the Red Red Cross, not American Cross. Sorry. Wow, I am lit. Well, the Red Cross is American, isn't it? The American Red Cross? And I then think so. Now they're international? Or? Wow. All right. So that's what we have for that topic. 
I'm going to jump into one more thing before I go on to the next thing. It's not shocking. I hate that none of this is shocking. Migrant children were moved undercover, shocker, of darkness. What the? Is that the title of a Strokes album? I'm so sorry. I'm so indie right now. <laughs> it actually is. Thank Pat, you. Pat's like, of course. That was like a yes, mediocre it. album, but we'll talk about that later. Was uh, it? I thought it was pretty good. No, you didn't. No, I, I did. Uh, it was like their reboot and it was not good. Yeah, but the mute, like some of those chord progressions on like the later songs on the album. Are you, oh, are you my, punking us right now? I am. Okay, I didn't even great. listen to that album. I did because I was very excited and I used to be really into the strokes when it came out. I was like, oh my God, I get to relive my dream. And then it was like, this is mediocre. <laughs> Pat, are you okay? She's like, you don't know what you're talking about. I think she agrees with me. <laughs> oh, I didn't like that album either. Here I didn't dislike it. But I'm just like listening like to Rafa and I'm just like, okay, keep going because I'm just going to dis. I've, I've managed. I'm, thinking I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, getting, I'm getting to the point that I'm not falling for his tricks. Anymore. I'm going to find new ways to get you, Because he's been trying all day today. And it's I have. I've been trying. Well, I'm proud of your progress, Pat. Um, <laughs> progress Pat. Pat. Oh my God! Thanks. Yes. I progress wish I had Pat. a single nickname, but nobody has one for me yet. <laughs> Anyways, back to darker news. Um, did you hear about this story? The no, I had no idea. The the children. Yes. Moved. Yeah. So, no, I had no idea. There have been in shelters apparently from like across the nation. They're just being secretly brought back to um a, a, a tent city here in texas um, i did hear well, so they're doing it on on like without any notice like basically right before it happens mm, and then they're bringing the kids over to texas I which heard if, about you've the heard, if you're in city. texas you've heard of tent city yeah um because that's kind of been a thing for a really long time yeah. and it's just gotten more light with all these um recent headlines um the scary part is, is that like, I don't know when it's going to stop. Yeah. And so I, I feel horrible every episode. It's triggering as hell. It's terrible. And I, I'm really left speechless most times because I don't know what else to say. I'm going to let uh, Rafa take this next story because it's heartbreaking. And I think he knows a little bit more about it than I do. I don't know a whole lot um, because I know that the story is still developing on how it happened. But there was a woman. Uh, she was the founder of the Anger Room in Deep Ellum. So you would go to this this uh, place in Deep Ellum and you'd smash stuff, and it was really cool. Whoa, like a therapeutic thing. Yeah, and so they what? did. They did a few interviews with her. I think um, I don't know if it was channel. I never heard of it. Yeah, I don't know which channel it was, but um, somewhere on someone did a story where they interviewed her about the anger room. Oh. And so she was like, yeah, you know, it's really nice because you get to release, you know, the anger or whatever it is. And it, it you know, it served a lot of purposes, but uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, Donna Alexander, the founder um, by her estranged ex-boyfriend or boyfriend broke into her home and beat her to death. That After he beat, it was triggering. like several hours before he decided to take her to the hospital. What the um, hell? Told the people at the hospital that she fell in the shower oh or something really God. strange. But yes, there was a vigil tonight for her in Dallas. Um, as far as I know, the boyfriend is still being held. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how far along they've gotten in the investigation or what kind of charges have been brought to him. But... Um, I mean, we talk about these things, especially right after 
having these conversations when we talk about you know women. what we're about to talk about yes what what we're about to talk about what we've been talking about this whole you know the, for since the past we started few days. yeah and what we've been doing here but um this conversation around you know what 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 are we really doing in- what are we doing to protect women when this is how men are basically set up to be this woman was trying to do something to better her environment. Surely she'd seen and dealt with lots of anger and toxic people and men for to even create a space like that. Right. And that was her death. Like that is fucking ridiculous and yeah. devastating. And I, I'm sad that I'm just now hearing about it, but for a variety of reasons. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this story in particular, when you, when, when you, Granted, we don't know everything that happened and we don't know all of it, but there were enough people there and there's been enough information out to where a person, you know, like in many other instances, isn't safe in their own home. And mm-hmm. for different reasons, this person's life is cut short right? For, for something that we shouldn't even be discussing. Right. Which leads us to our next discussion, which is how these men get power and we let it slide and happen. So now we can jump to... Probably what was the biggest piece of news, I think, for the last few days. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure when it will subside. It's really fascinating to me to be living in such a, I guess, cultural revolution. Um, I don't know if anybody else feels differently about that statement or that title. Um, But that's really what it feels like to me. I am grateful to have a platform where I can speak my mind on these things. Um, and I hope to cover it to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we're talking about Kavanaugh and seeing this situation is incredibly, I don't know, like a- again, because I had the privilege of like basically getting my education based on a lot of these topics and themes, right before they all started happening on an extremely rapid in your face rate. Um, it's none of it is surprising to me at all, even though it's all still new shit that has yet to spew out. Um, it's not new shit. It's been their shit. You know, it's just not been as public. And now we have access to the internet and white people are like kind of starting to notice these things. So of course, when white people notice it, it's become a big deal all of a sudden. So they're like, Oh my God, this country is sexist as hell. And I'm like, girl, okay, whatever. So this situation, um, I'm sure you all have heard plenty about it by now. Seeing that trial, I mean, it's not a trial, right? It's just a... It's a hearing. A hearing. So there's no, like, you're guilty at the end. Right. So not a trial. I just use that terminology because I see a fucking court. And I'm like, ooh, SVU. Okay. Um, So seeing that... I was at a conference whenever she was testifying, when Dr. Ford was testifying. Not testifying. That's not the word, is it? I don't know the proper terminologies. I'm still a regular human. I mean, she was being questioned. So is that considered testifying? I don't know. I should ask our guest. She probably knows a lot more about these things than I do. Um, however, I remember when I saw the um, Anita Hill documentary. Uh, not documentary. Yeah. I'm so sorry. The film that was on HBO with Kerry Washington. Mm-hmm. And basically they were hearing <clears throat> these allegations. Correct. And someone gave their testimony. You can correct our words 
Christian, because you know a lot better this world than I do, than we do, I would assume. Um, and so I didn't get to watch her her side, but I watched a little bit of the second day, which is when like Lindsey Graham was talking and some of the other like senators. Okay, see, I'm checking her because she knows better than me. So <sighs> it's just a bunch of bullshit. And I don't know. Like, I don't know how people were shocked th- to this. But at the same time, it's like seeing such a monumental thing happen when, like, I watched this movie about Anita Hill, like, a few years ago. And I was like, wow, that'll never happen again. It was obviously the Obama era. And I was, like, blind. But just seeing it in action again and then, like, seeing this man who has done the same thing to women get elected and then seeing him nominate this person and just seeing this whole thing play out is so predictable and telling of the real time we're living in within the first 20 minutes you have a complete meltdown and you're right, freaking and you're out yelling, you're and for you that's okay but i like the comparison i saw on twitter that was like but serena williams was too much so Ooh. it's like that bullshit, that double standard with the whiteness, with the maleness, with the richness, with the conservativeness. Like you should have taken a few things. more theater classes, homeboy. They would have taught you how to cry for oh, real. Oh, my God. And so just seeing all that, and then I, I don't know if I read it somewhere, if they said it. I Honestly, once you're all up in that world or soaking it all in, you start kind of just forgetting where you heard what. But I ba- basically, they said Dr. Ford tried to come forward six years ago with the same information. This is not new. She tried already to say hey flashing lights this person that holds an important position is terrible and try to bring it up because that when other, that was the other thing that bugged me it's like you they, they want to sit there and criticize in the in in a way that would ostracize a person like she can't go right. back to what she and to, the to, way the conservatives frame it as is you guys plan this yeah the time to try to it. make this happen and i'm like y'all are fucking idiots but it's incredible they're idiot Ocracy, I guess. Um, it's it's literally mind blowing because they are so convincing to their demographic. They know exactly how to sound. They know what to say. They know how to mock it so that all their little followers will will agree. Like Lindsey Graham literally started by saying, "Like I know I'm just a single white man in America," and I was like, "Fuck you!" Like, yes, you are that. You're not getting sympathy. You're stating facts. Like that's not doing anything for us. But you know, to his demographic they're like heck yeah but you know just like getting amped up that same charge and so just seeing that and what she went through and and it is brave and then apparently there was a situation in the elevator um Mm -hmm. i know i saw latino usa was doing a story because one of the women that shared her story on the elevator with flake is that his name very uh great last name um (laughs) basically kind of flipping his head i guess or what he considered i don't know it's fucking exhausting i i hate that that so many women mostly obviously men can be victims in these situations too but the majority are women we live in a patriarchal society that uplifts men that protects men that is ran by men so let's focus on the fucking victim which is typically women not only women but typically and the number of calls that were increased to the rape crisis hotline or whatever it was while this hearing was happening. I yeah. think it was like over 187 or something yeah. like that percent. It was like 107 increase. Or something like that, yeah. 
because people felt empowered by her and they felt welcome to share their story. I don't know a woman who has not been raped. I don't or like assaulted or or afraid for her fucking life. It is how we are ingrained in this world. This is not an American problem. This is a world crisis. And it's heartbreaking because you will learn someone new in your life who has felt something or been impacted. And it's just the beginning of this movement. Right. And so that's where I'm like, the power is in the woman's hands and we need to stop saying, men, listen, no, do fucking better. Tell your homeboys, talk like we're not sisters. We're not wives. We're not these people that are relation to you. You don't have to just give a fuck about a woman because you have a daughter. You need to give a fuck about women because we're humans right alongside you. That's it. We don't have to be anything to you but that. Fight for our fucking equality that way. It's not up to women to protect ourselves anymore. We've been doing that. Now men have to do it. We're exhausted. We can't convince men. They don't listen to us, even if we fucking raise them. And that's what I have to say about that. Preach. You better preach. <laughs> Whew, all right. You so, people that can't. I mean... I am privileged to do so. So that's what I try to do. And I, I wish I could do more and I'm sure I can, but right now that's what I'm doing. Um, speaking of other dumbasses, <laughs> I should get an award for my transitions. Yeah. New transitions are on point. <laughs> Dallas observer award for best transitions on a podcast. Thank you so much. Um, I purposely chose not to talk about this man. I don't know if y'all have noticed. Yes. And yeah, I Yeah, yeah, I've noticed. Oh god. Yandy. Um <laughs> And I felt good. I was like, "Ooh, I'm healing. It's like a breakup. Like I'm not talking about him anymore. Come on." And then it was like all this idiotic shit started happening, which is usually what happens when his albums are about to come out. Right. And um so then I was reacting to them because I am a human with feelings. And then he like kept going. Like I already knew like the shit was going to be shit because it started with like the Kaepernick sweater and the hat. And I was like, boy, you lost. Okay. You but you don't think that dressing up as a Perrier bottle and a Fiji bottle Bruh, is, is creative? That was and embarrassing. Get the fuck out of here. That shit. Ugh. If I you thought it was a joke. I thought someone man, photoshopped that. Same, I was going to throw same. my TV out the door. I didn't know that was real. <laughs> and then I looked on the little Twitter like update real. and I was like, okay. I don't know what you're trying to gain. For, and he was trying to do the dance. Did you see that? Yeah, I oh, I was so sad for him. Um, so he starts with doing that. And I guess in the middle of the week. And then he's on SNL. Mm -hmm. And he performs as a Perrier bottle. Perry, yay. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> uh, what's his name? Lil Pump? Lil, Lil what's his face? Lil what's his face is a little Fiji bottle. No. And I was like, I didn't watch these things. I really have tried my best to completely avoid him. Even when I like heard things, I was like, you're a dumbass, like consistently. And then apparently after he had a whole monologue and he basically says something that Chris Rock recorded and posted. So that's yeah. how I saw it. He got cut off though. Yes. Y'all still let him on the show though. Oh, of course. Y'all kicked Rage I Against mean, the Machine off when they let that uh, upside down American flag on the show though. Why'd y'all kick Rage off? Let them feelings out, boo. Release. I ain't, I ain't holding no grudge. I haven't watched since Trump was on, I think. 
And I used to want to be a writer on SNL. That was my life goal. And now I'm like, fuck y'all. Um, <laughs> but like, if you want to hire me, I'll fix you. Just kidding. Like the trash can. Yes, literally me. Um, okay, so then after that, in that little monologue, he went off the record, which um, was after it was over. Um, he says something like, "If I, if if I was, but not if I was tired of racism, I would have left America." But I was like baby just so you know that's worldwide too like this isn't an american thing like yes we have we hub a lot of that because of for different reasons but it's not like anti-blackness is just an american thing like i hate to break it to you um so he sounded like an idiot there and you're watching like all the snl cast behind him just like biting their lip and i'm like y'all are dumb like i would have easily been like okay let's go like why are we still doing this but that's how entertainment works which is why we have a president that used to be one um and so then the next morning is when he tweets even more stupid shit while wearing this hat so he's wearing the fucking maga hat throughout this time in case y'all thought it was a joke and y'all still want to keep buying your yeezy three five hundreds or whatever level they're called and y'all are still sporting them because you like clout and looking cool on the fuckboy scene i'm Dr- talking Drizzy, to you i'm Drizzy just told you don't wear no 350s around me <sighs> is that what he said wow yeah. an icon he still like talks to 15 year olds um <laughs> so basically he says something about abolishing the 13th amendment while wearing a maga hat while riding a private plane and i'm like i'm very confused right now it's like he watched the 13th and was like, ooh, I'm shook. And then still like called Candace Owens up and then went to bed with his white fake wife. I don't know. Like all of the things just don't make sense. And it's still heartbreaking for me because I still do have that emotional connection to him. Like you've seen some of your favorites crumble kind of now, right? Yeah. So I like, I it happened so fast. Why did my have to, mine have to crumble so quick? Like I had a solid... 15 years with him and then i'm watching his demise and it's it sucks that's a, good, that's a long run is Good it yeah. i wanted it to be longer ding um <laughs> where's your machine i feel I, like you're on top of it this drink is working I, um i don't know he's i i feel like i want this to be my last time talking about him but it probably won't be because I don't want to pay attention to these kind of Do people you think anymore. Something's gonna happen to him. I have been saying that. I would not be surprised if he just, OD'd it feels like or he's died. On the verge of something. Yes, yeah. his support system is trash. Y'all are all yes men. You just do let him do whatever the fuck he wants. And I hate bringing his mother into this, but I know she's fucking turning in her grave. Rest in power to her because she was a fucking African American studies professor. And look what your fucking son has become. Like, that's what fame. And all these horrible things can do to you. And not taking care of your fucking mental health and making a joke of it. <sighs> can y'all wire that boy's mouth shut again? Stop! God. Anyways, I don't know. I didn't know if mean you it. Have... I'm sorry. I know. That was harsh. But I don't. <laughs> That was a good song, though. Oh, that was my favorite song. Iconic. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. So um, I don't really know if there's any more to say on him. I really choose to not pay attention to these motherfuckers anymore. Um, Rafa, do you have anything else to say? I do not. Okay, next subject. <laughs> Do-do-do. In more music news, the Carter Five album finally came out. How are all the fuckboys doing? Rafa, do you know? You're our fuckboy analyst. Go ahead. What does that mean? I Hold don't... on. Let's talk about that. 
What? I'm the fuckboy analyst. Like you're connected to more fuckboys than me. Am I? Yeah. Absolutely. What does that mean? You have more friends with Yeezys. Did we not just say that? I have like one friend with a single Yeezy. One, like only one just Yeezy? Just one shoe. The just other one, one got took you. Uh, taken. Got to, I will find you. <laughs> I will kill you. Give me my shoe. <laughs> I have a special Liam set Neeson of skills. Liam looking for that shoe. Liam Neeson. Um, I, I still take offense to that. Oh, I'm sorry. It's because I said fuckboys and you get sad about that. But I think. I don't care if anyone on the street calls me a fuckboy or calls my friends fuckboys. But, but when you say it. Oh, do I hold that power in your heart? <laughs> I don't care. Whatever. Let's talk You'll about be. it. <laughs> um, so um, Carter Five. Did you listen? I have not listened to it. Wow. Um, Are you not a big Wayne fan? I never have been. People say that he's one of the greatest. I disagree. I highly disagree. S- so much. When he said real G's move in silence <laughs> like, like lasagna. lasagna. I I would go to jail for slapping him in the <laughs> fucking mouth. For saying that. What about the uh was the a semicolon? to a goblin? Uh, that's too <laughs> there's many. So many he's he's in he's entertaining. Don't so there's a difference. This is gonna be very rude of me and very assuming of me, but do you think that a lot of people hype them because they can comprehend his rap? Did we yes. talk about that before? You bet yes. Hove That's Hove, why people Hove like told him. him I, I dumbed down for my audience and double my dollar. Hello. And those were some some of the realest words I mean, ever that's spoke what Two Chains even does, right? Yeah. He's, that's he's, true. The, but he do was you an think, Ivy League graduate. But do you think Lil Wayne... I don't think Lil Wayne thinks he's being dumb. I think he is really like that. Right. I think he thinks he's the greatest, if not one of the greatest. I'm not going to lie. I do get lit. Like some if, kids, like go if DJ's some of them de- my jam, y'all. Like when the DJs get down, yeah. the DJs get down. Right. But I like... If 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 Lil Tunchi never made another song ever again, I would be honestly fine. his health was really poor, so like he needs to worry about that. In my opinion, it's funny to see all Stay the boys on lean. the internet. God, Lil seizures, poison, poison. Woo! Jeez, if we said that before, didn't we, Lil Seizures? So. <laughs> We're horrible. This is a bad episode. We're I don't so mean problematic. It in a bad way, but I it's know, like, bro, but he needs to like yeah. calm it down. Like, how many Take rappers have died from that? Yeah. Um. I hope you guys are enjoying it, I guess. I don't really have feelings. I might give it a listen just because I've, I just, maybe for the irony. He's my who you got. No, he's not. Don't play. You got a uh, <laughs> fucking Mandy Moore on that B. Eva, stop. I'm that sorry. Did joke. I spoil it? Okay. Um. So I hope you guys are enjoying that album. I really would prefer if men like paid less attention to our next topic and um, actually tried to like be better to women in the world. Um, because whenever I was navigating the world after watching this hearing, I was like, yo, dudes really only care about sports and Carter five. I didn't see any man I know say anything sympathetic or caring about women or anything at all or saying, Hey men do better. Nothing. They were like the Carter five is finally out. And then the other ones were like, Oh my God, the Cowboys. And then the rest of them were like, stay fierce here. Y'all you want to go like, that was it. That's (laughs) all I heard from men. And I was like, wow, my faith is so full in this, in this society. Um, now we can talk about, Rafa's favorite, the State Fair, Texas, y'all. Have you been? I have not. I'm actually really sad. You usually have already gone like five times by the first weekend. That hurts my heart. Yeah, I was supposed to go today. Yeah. Happy birthday to my boy DJ Storm. (laughs) 
He listens to us. Are we going to the state fair again? We will if you don't make me feel like crap for being there. I didn't make you feel like crap. <laughs> oh my you god, just... are you gonna buy thirty dollars chicken nuggets? Uh, why is it such a big deal? Nobody even cares. Why are those flashing lights so bright? Oh my god, look at those folklore contestants. Can wow. we actually make it to the piglet races? Oh my god, yes. When are they? They happen like when a are specific they? Times. Because I want to make sure that I miss those piglet races. I am not this horrible person with a congestion problem. I am. <laughs> oh sorry. He's making fun of me. Oh yeah, that was Pat. Oh, okay. Well, Pat I'm, is sick, but she won't tell us that she's sick. I'm not sick. It's my allergies. All if right. I learned anything Y'all about are contagion. Y'all getting off topic. So we are maybe going to the state fair. I hope you go. Make sure you're staying hydrated. Support the people you want to support. Have a good time. I heard big Texas boots are looking real shiny this year. Woo. Go Texas, y'all. You sound so enthused. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> Isn't like Nelly going to be trying. there or something? He's always Nelly? there. That's all he does is yeah. get random. Michael Salgado. Michael Salgado was Ooh. there this past Sunday. Bidi Bidi Banda's going to be there. Um, yeah, I think. Who else? Ludacris, O-Town. I oh, I did hear oh, Ludacris. Ludacris. Let's go see Luda. I think O-Town's going to be there too, so. Dang. I have a crush on Angel. Ashley Angel. I loved O-Town. Wow, you're rude. Did you remember that? <laughs> Did I remember O Town? That we liked O Town, or you oh, were just no. saying that? I was just saying. Oh, that. I was like, bruh, how do you know? know? Y'all liked O-Town. She's like, I, I used to have seen. a ruler. <laughs> <laughs> she had the school supplies. Yeah, somebody bought me school supplies with O Town on them. All right, to wrap up the Jugo. Oh my God, Dex. We watched the end of a show we like. Dragon Ball Z. Yes, I've never seen that in my life. Really. Insecure is over. Season three is complete. How do you feel? What do you think? What are your hopes and dreams? Can y'all go back? Can y'all rewrite that contract and give us uh, 12 episode seasons? Honestly, like, why are they so short? I agree. They got HBO money. They got the money for it. Come on. I feel like they made the episodes a little bit longer time wise. This but, last one they did. But like seven, seven episodes, eight episodes, eight. nine. I don't know. It's not enough. It ain't. For a drama TV show. A dramedy. Anyways, fun show. I think I like this the end of this season. Oh, because because of Lawrence. Uh no, that's not why. Oh. Spoiler alert. I, what? I just said because of Lawrence. I know, but people may have not known that he's back yet. I didn't say that he was if back. If you are listening still and have not watched it, definitely fast forward or pause or I whatever. was gonna say because Lawrence isn't back yet. No, Lawrence is back, y'all. I didn't think he was going to come back. Everybody made a comeback at the end of this episode. I'm making all the spoilers. I liked the theme of, and I didn't think about it until I saw it on Twitter.com, where it was like all the ghosts of the past came to them in the ghost cemetery. It's called, like, what is it called? The, The, is it the Ghostland Observer? Observatory? No, that's the... a bad girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, you but mean, it is the cemetery is like a famous. It is a famous cemetery. You mean the cemetery? Wow. That's what yes, I miss. Yes, the Yoda. I miss my boy. Same. The Hollywood Forever Cemetery. I knew it was Hollywood something. Cemetery. Um. Anyways, I really enjoyed the ending. I definitely want more. I liked that it touched on different sub topics. I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a word. I just made it up. Um. I liked. It's a word. I liked. I wanted Nathan to not ever come back mm. because that's realistic. When motherfuckers ghost you, they mm. boo bye. Like we never see them again. It's like they really died. So I wanted that realism or maybe that's personal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did like when he came back 
and he was talking about how he just like which basically to me sounded like depression mm-hmm. and he was like some stuff just happens and i just don't know how to process it and i just feel really low and i didn't want to do that to you and i was just like boo just say you got depression but i don't know if he even realizes that and so i was like that's a fascinating um way to phrase it because where we were watching it everybody was like oh i felt that before and we're like we're all depressed this but like i don't know i really liked that that's where they went with him and i don't hate him but i'm not a big fan of him and i don't know if that's because he's supposed to be from houston and i don't buy it and his beard is trash but he's a very (laughs) handsome guy so that was my kind of feeling molly really annoyed the hell out of me this season andrew is beautiful um i don't know if what are your feelings sir um i'm waiting for that kelly spinoff kelly, kelly is everything and, and, and uh kelly oh can take it alone um, and thug yoda didn't they used to date is that what you were talking about uh, that's not who i'm talking about okay uh, but <laughs> i don't know if they dated or not I, why am i blanking on his name Ooh. the homeboy who uh, his girl takes him back he goes to church with uh, lawrence chad chad Chad's yes. annoying he's annoying but he's a fool and i think he, it'd be he's really realistic yeah, i know several really, chads yeah, it'd be really funny kelly is hilarious she's yeah. definitely the funniest character on the show um tiffany's little plot line was cool like when you get pregnant you definitely kind of distance yourself yeah um what else i feel like i could have had more from this season but it was still a solid season and i like that they also pointed out that um the first season she like burned the apartment down the second season she like didn't have an apartment and the third season she like rebuilt her own place yeah (laughs) that's so cute and relatable except they didn't burn my place like metaphors can you believe wow Um, all right so insecure was a fun show if you haven't watched check it out i i think it's just so nice to see relatable characters anyways we will wrap up the juice there um yes the juice is completed slurp slurp or something no all right oh don't forget to vote it's happening soon we gave you the dates last time. The last day to register is October 9th. And then there's early voting. So don't forget to do that. Okay? Do that, please. We are big advocates of voting. Even though it takes a lot more work to fix society than that. Please go vote. Practice your right. People literally cannot vote. People who deserve rights cannot vote. People who are living in this country wish they could vote just do it it's not that hard the line's not that long i'll buy you some candy just do it thanks so now we can really wrap up the juice all right we now have the privilege of welcoming to the show an incredibly talented community organizer that i have the privilege of calling a friend Christian Hernandez is a nearly 30 year old latina who recently moved to Carrollton with her sister and her cat luna she grew up in the webb chapel area oldest of five went to withers elementary was good go cats Ooh, good (laughs) guess and graduated from the hockaday school when she's not working as hr she spends her time as a community organizer and is currently the co-chair for the north texas chapter of Democratic Socialists of America. Please welcome to The Colores Radio, Christian Hernandez. Hey. Hey. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm so good right now. Are you so good? So what good. makes you so good? 
I don't know. I I'm really excited to be here. Yay. I love listening to the Aww, podcast. I'm like the first person to listen to it. <laughs> I am always Props. like, thank you so much, because I like I I appreciate your feedback. I appreciate anybody's feedback, but whenever I know someone's listening, I'm like, cool. We did a thing that someone liked. Um. So you told us you are from Web Chapel. What? Hey. What? What <laughs> Big is shout Web, out Chapel? To Web Chapel? I got. I know some people that are buried over there. Oh, rest in <laughs> peace. Okay. I'm sad. Shout now. out to Bogman Lake. Was good. Oh, oh, that makes a little more sense. Maybe. Well, there's also a cemetery over there. That's, there is. Okay. There is. And a library. And a library. So tell us more about Web Chapel. Tell us more about your upbringing. Um. I mean, I was upbrought. Um. Uh-oh. I. <laughs> I yeah I've lived in the same house for like 25 years I think uh-huh. um, so we actually were privy to watching the neighborhood go from like super Latino or actually went from super white to super Latino mm-hmm. to like now going back to being white again really yeah um, I was like once we got a Starbucks it was kind of downhill from mm, there fascinating so. Um, we're definitely seeing the neighborhood change a lot um, we the Atmos energy bullshit that happened oh, yeah. um, right. was like two streets away from my parents house wow. um, my parents still live there in Webb Chapel um, my and that's North Dallas what part of Dallas it's like Northwest Dallas yeah. I okay. guess it's like a little north of Bachman Lake we definitely like played soccer on that you know food cool lake trees <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I grew up the oldest of uh, five uh, it's four girls all a year apart so um, shout out to my dad <laughs> He did it. The most stressed man on the world. Oh, my God. Um, And have a little brother. And, yeah, I mean, I had a pretty good upbringing, strict Catholic parents, Mexican parents. So tell us more about being the oldest child of immigrant parents. Stressful. Um, Especially being not just the oldest, but like a Capricorn oldest. Shut up. Oh, my God. (laughs) I could tell you were a Capricorn. Shut up, Rafa. You could not. As soon as I met, I was like, she's a Capricorn. I hate you I'm five planets deep Capricorn, okay? Okay. That's big Capricorn energy. BCE, (laughs) y'all. So tell us more. Um, I mean, it's a lot. I think uh, I know you and I have had a lot of conversations about being just like the child of immigrants in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my your par- family's from Guanajuato. Uh-oh. Eh? <laughs> okay, shout out Guanajuato. Y'all better, y'all better recognize. Hold up. Oh my yeah, uh, my parents are from Dolores Hidalgo, so you know, birthplace of the revolution. Wow, so ironic to be from you it's it's weird <laughs> wow so weird. It's weird. Jose Alfredo Jimenez. your whole destiny <laughs> hey my grandparents are buried in the same cemetery really? as oh him. man i've always wanted to go road trip um, y'all need to fill um, me in i don't i'm a little bit confused there's this there was this singer whose name was jose alfredo jimenez oh my gosh i know that part it's and kind then, of a big deal he's from the lotus hidalgo Yes, and he was buried in a cemetery yeah, that he has this really dope yeah. um that's the part gravestone where it's like this big mariachi hat and it it's like a, a rainbow literally like coco it's amazing we're gonna wow. go and we're gonna see it i do want to okay. go to Guanajuato just to see the grave mm, i mean no i've been wanting to go visit because yeah. it's just a beautiful place and they have the momias He's a big there deal. Uh, he was very uh very good friends with uh homegirl chavela oh i love homegirl chavela <laughs> <laughs> All right, so parents were from Guanajuato. Their journey here, uh, anything yeah. specific you want to share? I mean, my dad came over the border in the way that most people do in the 80s. Woo, woo. Um, 
sorry (laughs) without authorization yeah i'm like i get it um and brought my mom over we were all born over here but um i really didn't connect the dots as far as like what that meant when we were younger and you know just bring people over Mm -hmm. and that type of stuff i'm not gonna go into all those specifics i don't know what the statute of limitations is on this stuff um (laughs) (laughs) but um it was definitely a lot i mean i'm at least grateful that um my dad was able to obtain citizenship through um Reagan's amnesty whatever Same. shout out to amnesty <laughs> shout out to amnesty not Reagan <laughs> not Reagan fuck Reagan <laughs> yeah definitely not that um and so we were able to go back over and like visit and I feel like I stayed really connected to my roots and to my family there because I definitely had a lot of family that doesn't live in Texas mm-hmm. um but of course you know being the child of immigrants and being like we came over here to give you a better life type of thing of course it definitely uh produced a lot of stress and a lot of high expectations for what Ooh. I should and shouldn't be um and especially I think having uh having parents especially my dad being like really headstrong um having parents that have this expectation of you being um kind of traditional mm-hmm. um despite being in a state like texas that doesn't right. respect women as it is uh let alone like women like me who are very vocal and mm-hmm. like also very headstrong um definitely my dad's daughter in that respect um but i mean i think i ended up really resonating i read a lot of books when i was younger mm-hmm. um to both learn english and also just because i loved the escapism mm-hmm. of being able to navigate different worlds or whatever um and really applied myself to studying and just I'm just like really smart (laughs) you are you all will learn more and that's a part of your story I actually really really love um but before we get into that when did you first realize your passions and was books like your first into everything yeah I mean I think I want to say I was a proud owner of like every single copy of the babysitters club books oh my god I try to read those but I could not with the caucasity I think like I was just not for me that was before I like understood really like the dynamics of that I was very visual so I like saw the cover and I saw blonde Becky and I was like "Mm, not for me yeah it'd be interesting to I'm not sure what in my mind I thought they were I think right. I just like navigated that yes. story. I like the treehouse ones. Do you remember those? No. Okay, just kidding. <laughs> the magic treehouse. Thank you, Pat. Um, anyway, so you're really into books. That was your first dive into these different, um, I guess, passions of yours. And that's mm-hmm. when you realized that your intelligence was more than others. Or what What was it? Icon. Um, <laughs> no, I think, I think a lot of it was um, reading really kind of paved the way for me. Uh, loving to write I mm-hmm. I've been writing for a really long time I used to keep journals um I have consistent journals since like 2003 so it's like 15 wow. years worth of journals um to attest to that but I think more than anything um I was like finding my voice in those types of things mm-hmm. and so like books kind of gave me that base for okay this is how you tell your story this is how you can these are different perspectives um because as much as my dad came over here to give us a better life like my dad still led a pretty sheltered life as it is you know he right. hasn't visited um places that I visited and um I and I see that he's hungry for it I mean he like would watch the history channel mm-hmm. and like take notes and I thought that was so sweet because you know he only got to go to school for two years before right. he had to start working um so I definitely never took my education for granted in that respect because I knew that that was like me kind of, I don't know I think we've talked about it you kind of end up carrying like ancestral guilt mm-hmm. or incense <laughs> like generational trauma from like living out the things that your parents didn't get to right. um so what was your initial like childhood dream did you have one 
I wanted to be a ballerina. Ah, <laughs> that did not. That actually happened. I'm it a ballerina can still now. do it. Um, no. Um, yeah, I think my like family would make fun of me because I was always they'd always catch me like dancing and like Aww. doing weird choreography. Retweet. We are friends. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, but then I really wanted to be a lawyer slash teacher. Stop. You're literally the same as me. I'm learning so much. Yes. Um, I didn't do either of those things. I did teach for a little bit. I taught at a, um, a head start and that's kind of where I was like, whoa, three-year-olds are smart as fuck. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I didn't end up going into either of those. So then I wanted to talk a little bit more. I don't know if you can even distinguish this from a young age. I know I like to reflect on it a lot, but as far as identity goes, how did you feel because you said uh, you learned English a lot through reading how did you did you feel the pressure to assimilate because I feel like with immigrant parents like you naturally do even if they don't want you to like you have to to survive Mm -hmm. uh yeah for sure and I think a lot of it unfortunately I like have a lot of residual anger left over from being uh so adamant about trying to assimilate for Mm -hmm. all those years especially because I very quickly went from um, an elementary school to a private school where um, it was like majority white everybody was super upper class mm-hmm. um, and so there was this like weird necessity to try to fit in and mind you like we grew up really poor and that was never something that crossed my mind I was never like right. we're poor it was just like wow you we- don't know you're poor I <laughs> like, think yeah. when you we eat a lot of eggs poor. and beans right um, and they're delicious what are the I love eggs and beans yeah. like those red beans went hard oh my um <laughs> But uh, I mean, and the thing was, I can't ever say I didn't have a good childhood. I mean, we had my dad was one of those uh, people who like had to record everything. <laughs> so I'm like, um, you can't blame me for being on my phone all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, we have all these like childhood videos of mm-hmm. us going to like Dinosaur Valley and us like exploring Aww. and us definitely not practicing safe driving. Right. Um, but like, you know, <laughs> that I was ha- not a thing back in the day for the record. <laughs> we had like one of those. uh the Chevy Blazers, I think, is what we used to have. Um, but anyway, um, yeah. So, I mean, I definitely don't have any, like, bad feelings about my childhood. Mm-hmm. But it, I definitely, going into, like, my adolescence was sort of like, oh, well, why don't we have this? Or why does my mom have, like, a heavy accent? Or, like, why does my dad not, you know, why doesn't he have a degree? Right. Um, and started just, like, questioning a lot of things that I don't think if I had not gone to that school, I would have cared about as much right did you did you carry some shame with that oh for sure um and the thing is because you're with these people that have parents that are the total opposite right they're like oh yeah like you know dropping k's after k's but the thing is with that is that um especially with writing everything down Mm because i i do have like very detailed journals from that time period um it's like I I hate even reading them because mm-hmm. I'm just like this is not who I am it's now. Like embarrassing. It's embarrassed. I'm mm-hmm. embarrassed of how I was embarrassed. Sure. Um, and especially like um, I think I was in my junior year, and uh, my dad was up at the school all the time because we were there on scholarship. Um, because <laughs> and you were on scholarship from middle to high or just high school? Middle school to high school. Okay. So seventh through twelfth. Um, I mean, and they ho- just found you. They were like, "Oh, you smart." And yeah, they're they like, "This bitch smart." Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. I had to take like an well. They came to our elementary school and were like, "Yo, give us your brightest students," and we had to take like the independent assessment or something like that, independent mm-hmm. school assessment. And um, I did really well on like my vocabulary and uh, my math, not that great, but I guess the interview was enough. 
Um, and I was like hardcore about prepping for that test because I like read the dictionary. I taught myself how to type. Like, and on at the computer. that point, do you remember what your goal was mentally? I wanted to get in because I thought that like, but that's... like you wanted to be a lawyer at that point, or what was your mindset? No, I don't think on? I had like career aspirations at that point. I you think just it was just like go to this my dad will school. be really proud of me if I go to this school. Got it? Because it's a really good school. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, Hockaday is like 17k a year, right? Um, so it was also like I had to keep my grades up. I had to like apply myself doing that. And, um, you know, they told us like, this is going to be the equivalent of skipping a grade. And for me, I'd always gotten like A's and was just like such a, such a Capricorn teacher. <laughs> <laughs> the only time I ever got in trouble at school was reading under my desk. Shut up. <laughs> I was like the one that talked too much. <laughs> Shocker. I hold to podcast. <laughs> you can ask my fourth grade teacher. I'm still friends with her on Facebook. Stop um, it. Same. <laughs> Not your teacher, but you. Oh yeah. I was like, that'd be weird. <laughs> And then, um, but yeah, and so I completely forgot where I was going with that. But you got into Hawkeye, yes. so I think that's fascinating because I went to Catholic school, but we did it because my mom was like, "No, these two younger daughters are gonna do better than the other ones, so we're sending them to Catholic school, even if I have no money." <laughs> and so it was like, "Are you sure?" And so I, Pat, I don't know about you, but I always felt bad because it was like, "Where are we gonna find the money to pay for it?" Mm. And so I was like, Ugh, and I'd always get really nervous I'd and get stressed, even stressed out. Stressed out with the school uniforms, so everything. Like, Thing. how much those were and I was just it was like mom just like, I would just wear the same one from, yeah like I just made her turn my jumper into a skirt everything like we just felt bad but because she wanted us to be raised or you know taught through the catholic faith she made it a point whether we mm-hmm. had the money or not so it's really fascinating to hear that there was even the opportunity for someone to go on scholarship yeah i mean uh, my school was denom- non-denominational so it definitely wasn't like, day was yeah it's awesome. not a, yeah so not catholic but um you know again definitely like upper crust i mean we have like a couple of the mayor ex mayors, former mayors children's with there, the bush twins whenever george bush was governor mm. uh, mark cuban's kids just like name dropping like hey yeah, I'm like, wow. um, <laughs> um but it, again it gives you like this really weird perspective into that that genre of people that you've never talked to before (laughs) so you were talking about the really white rich school with mark cuban's kids right yeah so um when my junior year uh, my dad was up there a lot because you know had to deal with like our financial aid situation and um he was constantly having to be like hey like we actually can't afford this and you know there were little things like my class ring and um Mm. our graduation dresses for were from like neiman marcus I'm like, I've never even stepped into a Neiman Marcus. Right. Um, so there was definitely a lot of like my dad having to go in and like advocate for me to like be able to, I think, even like go on some trip that everybody else needed to. Um, and so when he was he became really good friends, needless to say, with mm-hmm. my financial aid advisor there. And she was like, yo, like we have a job opening here. Um, my dad's like a chef, like he worked at the Four Seasons for like over a decade mm-hmm. um, and like moved his way up from like a busboy to becoming like a hot food chef, which is super dope. But um, nice. he was like, hey, like that's kind of perfect because um, they were looking for like a kitchen specialist at my school. So he started working at my school. What? Yeah. And so I was just like, oh, my gosh, people are going to know my dad Aww. has a job, uh-huh. <laughs> which is really like looking back at it. I'm like, right bitch be grateful like he right. was there every day and he made like the cafeteria experience so much better mm. um we had like sandwich array and shit i mean hey. it was good eating but anyway at that time did you again feel the same shame or embarrassment i had like that initial shame where i was just like 
which doesn't make any sense to me now because i'm like yeah my dad had a job but but that's so relatable to me like i'm not even because i like she's my friend but i don't know this stuff about her Mm -hmm. so it's just like for me i'm like whoa because there is that shame when you're in a space that you know you don't belong and you're trying to fit in or you're in a predominantly white space Mm -hmm. and i think especially here in texas so many of us have encountered that whether it's in adulthood whether it's in childhood whether it's somewhere in between like you you are trying to up yourself to be at their standard and that's that's where i'm like whoa like i want to know more about this because i've lived it i feel like you've lived it rafa pat can you say you've lived it like we all live it we all navigate that in texas even though we're gonna be the majority sooner or later sooner than later and that's something we don't discuss we're Mm. not discussing how we we assimilate and basically fake ourselves until we realize that we don't have to. Right. And I definitely had that moment of making a decision whether I wanted to be really petulant and throw a tantrum at my dad and be like, Hey, like don't talk to me while I'm at school. Like you don't know me type of thing. Or if I really wanted just to like lean into it and be like, well, he's my dad. And like he, he's getting, he got this job so that he could be there for my brother and pick him up from school. And like, he did that with the knowledge that he'd be more present in our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, so definitely now I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, freaking amazing that he could make that move and he saw that opportunity um but I did have like just like a I want to say I like struggled it with it for over like a week and then I was just like you know what he yeah he's my dad but he's hilarious like people Mm -hmm. like him more than they like me (laughs) so I'm just gonna lean into it and be like hey like I'm I'm gonna re re um repackage this as something to be like super proud of uh which in hindsight it was but you know I kind of had to fake it until I was just like actually very okay with it. Right. So, um, you know, eventually people were like, oh, yeah, that's Christian's dad. And, um, you know, no one really cared. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess when you're that rich, you don't really care about all those things anyway. Right. Um, but yeah. So that was like interesting to have him in that space. Right. And just kind of what be- he kind of became a security blanket for those last couple of years. That's sweet. Sad. Cry. Don't cry. It's okay. Um, you can cry if you want. Um, so before I get into the discussion on your work with organizing, I wanted to talk a little bit about identity in general, because uh, I know your bio said Latina. And so we were talking a little bit earlier about people's different um, identifiers. Mm-hmm. Um, why is that yours or what made you comfortable with that? Or did you battle with any of the other terms or how do you feel about these terms within our culture in general? Um, yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of identifiers that really kind of range depending on at what your journey was to get there Mm -hmm. um I think all of our trajectories are like super different and there's people who you know push into wanting to be Chicano or -hmm. Chicana um I mean Latinx is something super new even um to the way that you can identify and I know that like I had already had that big battle with like Hispanic Mm -hmm. um because knowing my background and knowing that like my family definitely has Spanish blood in it. I mean, I have cousins who are of like light skin and blue eyes and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and so learning that history of Mexico and like colonization and I was like, I'm going to reject this colonizer label. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of, I think as the more and more I learned about my history and especially the significance of like where my parents grew up and, um, kind of what it took to get there I really felt like I wanted to lean into something that was really a testament to their sacrifice um I don't think I ever went through this journey of being like I'm Mm Mexican-American because I really don't um 
I, I don't identify as American very much ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think very quickly I realized like <laughs> America is a really shitty country and really rejected. What? <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist. Plot twist. Uh, um, and I didn't want to identify with like the evils of it. But I think at a certain point you have to ad- acknowledge that you're complicit in it, whether you want to or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the kind of the turning point to where I didn't, I rejected a lot of like my American identity. Um, I went to Guatemala like two years ago and got to visit this small um, town, uh, Santa Anita. Shout out. They probably don't listen, but maybe they'll start. Soon. <laughs> Soon they'll listen. Um, and these were like ex-revolutionaries. Like, I mean, they fought in the armed conflict and, um, you know, they were talking about just like the role that American imperialism played and all that stuff. And they were like, well, and I, you know, I was like, well, I'm from America because a lot of the people that were there were, were Canadian. So they didn't get to, you know, they didn't have that guilt. Um, and I remember talking to one of the town elders about it and he's like, yeah, but your blood is Mexican. He's like, your parents are Mexican. And he's like, my kids uh, were born in Mexico because we were pretty much like caught in the midst of those two countries during this conflict. And he's like, I wouldn't be anywhere if it wasn't for the hospitality of the Mexican people. So he's like, so don't feel bad. And I was just like, oh, and then I actually cried. Um, But, you know, it's it's a lot. I mean, it's it's a constant like everyday type of thing because there's constant um, forces that are trying to like chip away at what it means to be this or that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think sometimes you just have to be willing to like really identify um what it is that you appreciate about the things that you're labeling yourself as and like what those represent to the outside world for sure i like it um so then how did you first get involved in organizing i was bored and needed something to do (laughs) i'll take it it seems cool (laughs) i can not stressful (laughs) um that's a good question i mean i'd always been involved in like activism here and there I mean I remember helping my friends like collect prom dresses for I think it was like for W.T. White so Mm -hmm. that like you know I was like hey like all these rich people that I go to school with like have really nice dresses and they just keep them in their closet like let's take them to W.T. White and give them away to people who like these are I mean they've only been used like one time um and so I, I really liked being able to do that and just planning things I guess right um, and so I didn't really start organizing per se until maybe about like four years ago. Okay. So you're pretty so I'm, fresh in the I'm game. a baby organizer. Right. <laughs> um, but I started organizing with uh, the North Texas Dream Team, actually. Oh, wow. So uh, I went to college for two years. Um, shout out, tuition. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's high. Um, How you got involved in organizing? Yeah, so um, I went to college for a couple of years, and one of the guys that I met there, um, Eric Burgos, he happened to be involved with the North Texas Dream Team. He sent me a Facebook message and was like, hey, you should come out to one of our meetings. Um, I, again, didn't really ever have that pressing need to get involved in, like, immigration issues because my family, uh, my immediate family was all, you know, documented, so mm-hmm. that wasn't something that I ever really lived with that fear. Um, but I ended up going to a meeting, and they were like, we really need somebody to do community outreach. And I just like turn around and I'm like, okay, this is like high key Capricorn energy right there. I was like, 
fuck it. This is my first meeting, but I'll do it. Wow. Um, I hadn't even paid dues yet. And I like You're pulled out a, a 20 and Stop. <laughs> paid for my dues right then and there. Um, and yeah, I ended up being like the community outreach person for a year and started building up our volunteer base. Um, and then I was vice president for two years after that. Nice. Um, so yeah, it was like, I just kind of was submerged right into the world of immigrant organizing. Um, which again was, was a unique experience, obviously being somebody that's documented and having, um, a nuclear family that's mostly documented. Mm -hmm. But then again, I still had like those experiences of, my aunt was in a detention center and like I lost family members that were trying to cross the border or like that were, um, you know, neglected because of coyotes and things like that. So it's not like I'm not um, familiar with the different aspects of like what immigration and the system right, does to, um, to families. But I definitely was surrounded by a lot of people who knew their shit and um, it made it really easy just to kind of go in and, and really apply that and. I mean, I'm somebody that likes to take action, so mm -hmm. it wasn't very long before I was, like, leading on things and, and getting really involved and kind of just, like, broadening um, the vision, especially as I started learning more and more about, like, systems and things like capitalism and, like, right. how that intersected with um, with the immigration system in general. And then I started getting political um, with the Bernie campaign. Um, I was a Bernie national delegate. And was kind of just thrown in because my Senate district is like majority white and very like much older demographic. Mm -hmm. So they were like, hey, like, let's pick the brown girl to go to Philly to represent, you know, our Senate district, which was interesting, but also like really made me hate Democrats. So mm -hmm. um, it was just like a very you said made me hate Democrats. Yes. Word. <laughs> um, so I want to get into a couple things with that for obvious reasons. Um, but the first one being that you said you only went to college for two years. Mm -hmm. Which I love because clearly um, you are very educated, but that does not mean that you had to go the same old regular route. Mm -hmm. Do you attribute that just to being so like just reading so much or is it because you chose to educate yourself or was it because you surrounded yourself in the community of politics or mm -hmm. like what do you say it is? Because we often talk about how like, you know getting educated or being able to go to school is a privilege but you right. clearly do not have to go and graduate and have all these titles mm -hmm. or degrees or anything in order to actually be a functioning citizen who gives a fuck basically right. yeah so um i mean again i went to a college prep school so i feel like that education there alone was fundamental to me understanding like the way to dissect like really heavy material mm -hmm. I mean I was in a lot of AP classes um, I wanted to be an English major in college so I like gravitated towards like English seminars and things like that and you know I was busting out 10 page essays every week oh, um, and that was something that I was doing like really well mm -hmm. <laughs> and so um, I again as a college prep school as a school that has like a really high um pri like prioritizes everybody getting into like these really elite schools um there was not this question of well hey i know that your family doesn't make any money but community college is not an option for you you have mm -hmm. to go to like a really well-renowned school and right. so i applied to like 11 colleges and I actually wanted to leave Texas, so I only applied to two schools in Texas. Mm -hmm. And I got into all of them, and I was like, whoa, this is amazing. Like, I can get into all these. Well, no, wait, NYU waitlisted me. Aww. Not that I'm bitter or anything. Wow, but. NYU, you guys. <laughs> anyway, um, but 
again, there was the problem of like, how do I pay for it? You know, mm. it's not enough just like, it's already an obstacle as it is just to get into these schools, let alone to be able to afford to move there, to live there, and then to like function there without like some type of community support. Right. Um, so I ended up going to SMU, um, no shout out, for two years. <laughs> Unshout out. <laughs> Unshout out. <laughs> and um, again, you know, Hockaday being an all girls school, it was definitely... Um, helpful with like me having a voice in my classes. I was one of the few people um, that identifies as female that was like willing to raise her hand. And like, even if I was wrong, it was just like, I was very vocal in class. Um, But again, like college is really expensive. Books are really expensive. I didn't have like that support system on campus because I did tell my dad I have to live on campus if I go to SMU since it's so close, Um, which in hindsight, I probably should have just lived at home Mm because I would have saved a lot of money that way. But um, yeah, I mean, I only ended up going for two years because I couldn't afford to go anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, SMU's like for all the money they have, they don't really prioritize like their low income students. And so um, I mean, I had like like 12 financial aid officers over the course of my time there. Um, because they kept rotating in and out. So I just never felt like that was the place for me. I mean, I did join a sorority, which was nice for a little bit. <laughs> a more Sips tea. tea again. Um, but I definitely, you know, I, I did make some some really good friends that I'm grateful for and definitely helped me navigate um, that experience there. But that was also my first delving into like what mental health was because I became depressed from like not living up to this idealized potential of like being the first person in my family to graduate from college and like being known as the quote unquote smart one. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was like really interesting because, you know, mental health, (laughs) that's a whole other. Right. For sure. I definitely wish we could get into that some more because y'all know I love talking about mental health, but I want to go back to the organizing work. Mm -hmm. And so you got even more heavily involved when you joined the Bernie campaign. So I didn't join the national delegate. Yes, I was a Bernie delegate. I definitely was doing that on the side to the immigrant organizing that I was doing. I hadn't really because I came in from like that realm. I hadn't really connected the dots with like the politics behind it. I was like, I'm not political. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like doing all like this immigrant organizing. Um, But the more that I read into like the different legislations that the legislation that goes into immigration, um, the role that like Bill Clinton played in um, the way that like people migrated from Mexico here um, with like NAFTA, um, it started, you know, there was a lot of dots that were being connected. And then once I had that experience with the DNC um, in Philly, it was just like, okay, like, let me back to like, what am I going to do right now? And at that point you were identifying as a Democrat? Yeah, I was. I mean, I was like a precinct chair and everything. Socialism was with Bernie. Yes. And what did that mean? What was the difference there? Um, I mean, I think a lot of it was just an understanding of the the role that like corporations played in our politics with like Citizens United really giving corporations like unlimited control and being able to fund these politicians and what we call like the revolving door of politicians doing favors for corporations and then like leaving Which politics is all just big money stuff. and then becoming lobbyists and it was just like there's this weird idea that like those people that are generating jobs and generating like our economy it's the whole aspect of like trickle down economics that's obviously not working Um, because I saw it firsthand. I saw it with the people that I was working with. I saw it with the immigrants that were living in fear constantly Mm -hmm. um, of these institutions and wasn't really seeing any type of like 
adamant fight from either side. Right. Um, and so it, it really was just like a spiraling of I'm so disillusioned with um, with party politics in general. Um, and then from like the Bernie campaign and the people that I met there, there were people that were already involved in DSA. And just like the more that I was like learning about what it meant to be an anti-capitalist and like the way looking at what does it mean to be an anti-capitalist <laughs> to be against capitalism these are a lot just- of things though like i feel like we kind of know these things but mm-hmm. there's well yeah we so- take a lot because of the role that uh, the usa plays globally mm-hmm. and how people kind of live in the society that you know have very little or nothing um we kind of take this as the norm right, right. like we think it's good so that's why I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, so I think for me, especially uh, when it comes down to like just the nitty gritty of socialism, it, to me, it's the idea of democratizing everything, of, that we should have a say in the way that we live our lives, that we should have a way in the way that we work <coughs> and things like that. Um, the reason that socialism is, I guess, different from other ideologies is because it's also like an international view mm-hmm. because we acknowledge the role of like imperialism in other countries. We acknowledge that we have nice things here because of the way that like we destroy everywhere else, <laughs> destroy other governments, even if they're democratic governments and um, interfere a lot in the, in those systems. And um, really kind of like our luxuries are at the um, go ahead. Mercy. Thank you. <laughs> are at the mercy of other countries. Mm-hmm. And it's really shitty to think about because, you know, for us, it's like, I don't want my happiness to come at at the expense of other people's Mm. complete misery. Um, And so once I started seeing like those dots being connected and those systems really coming to the forefront to where everything around us, like we're constantly being blamed for our own shortcomings when really like we're already kind of set back from the beginning. Right. Um, And all that is products of capitalism. Right. Whoo-wee, this is a whole nother podcast episode. I think we can get deeper into that. The colors gets radical. I mean, we more radical. radical. I I think, I think to a lot of people, I assume, at least to the norm of society. Um, so I, from then on, I'm assuming you kind of just went up with your organizing from, from the national delegate and then kind of became more radical and then ended up becoming now DSA chair. Is mm-hmm. that correct? North Texas DSA chair? Yeah. So I've been chair for two years. Nice. Nice. Um, I'm going to ask you this so you can spit whatever you want to. Um, <laughs> because any of you beautiful radical women I encounter always have like the most detailed Dallas statistics I've never heard of. <laughs> and I'm always like, ooh, give me more. So do you have any like shocking um information i guess that like you want to share or that you've learned in this journey throughout organizing wow um i think especially right now um because we're we're really seeing the way that the systems are affecting our loved ones we're seeing that they're affecting women in particular survivors um and just like all the local news like all of the police brutality the way that things come in and the way that there's these um, organizations, these institutions that are upholding capitalism, that are upholding white supremacy, and that, you know, me messing up and not being able to pay for school completely derailed my life. But people Mm -hmm. like, 
you know, Kavanaugh can mess up. And that clearly hasn't affected him because he's now, you know, up for the most important judicial position, position in our country, which is a lifetime appointment, by the way. Um, so, I mean, just looking at like that big disparity between like what it means for me as a brown woman to make a mistake versus what it means for a rich white man to make a mistake. Like, I don't know how people aren't taken to the streets by just like how that is. But I also acknowledge that there has been a lot of like really um, effective ways of making things like making us think it's our fault. And it's not just that we're living in a capitalist society Um, in Dallas in particular, especially with the realm of immigration. um, I don't think most people realize like the correlation between the immigrant system and like policing and the fact that Dallas leads is the number one in the nation for deportations. So I didn't real I didn't learn that until this year. Yeah. So when we started this podcast, I didn't know that. Did you know that? I didn't know it was number one in the nation. Numero uno. That's not something we want to be like number it's one. It's fucking at. embarrassing. <laughs> Honestly. And um, we also were the biggest anti anti what was it the biggest immigration rally basically yeah so we had that huge mega march which i was a part of 2006 um but we also dallas used to have like the biggest clan in the country yeah largest clan spit us more of this this is what i need us to know about dallas the the urban institute did that study where they ranked cities with over i don't know it was something like over a hundred thousand people of population in the city maybe less than that but Mm. all major cities and i want to say it was like 250 cities that were surveyed in terms of race race relations racial and economic disparity yeah and dallas was dead last Dallas was when dead was that? last. This was just done. It was like, recent. Yeah, yeah, it was in like, the last year. Yeah. Wow. But I mean, think about it. You look at places like North Park where, you know, you've got like your Gucci, your Dolce, whatever. Mm-hmm. And right across the highway, you have like Vickery Meadows. And there's a huge like refugee population there where a right. lot of those people are, were like doctors and professors in their home countries and came here and have to work like minimum wage or under the table jobs because of the role that America has played in those countries. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also just in Dallas and general because we do have this really huge reaction to um like the july shooting for instance which i was at downtown Mm -hmm. and seeing like it was it's really heartbreaking as like a person of color to be in a city where it's a majority uh people of color city Mm -hmm. as it is to be really adamant about this like back the blue type of um mentality seeing as being not just number one in deportations but knowing that 70 percent of those deportations happen because of interactions with the police because i mean it's the reason we call it like bolimigra because Mm -hmm. there's a direct uh Correlation. correlation between the way that the police is in our communities and the way that ICE works in our communities as well. So I think that's something that we're starting to kind of see um, as like there's more issues come up in the news, especially locally um, with both John and like just the fact that um, we there justice doesn't look the same for people like us. Right. And I think that's something people have to really keep in mind is that the system isn't going to treat you the same way. Um, so as much as we might want to defend it or might want to like lean into the comfort of being in a system thinking that it's going to serve us, uh, it's very clear that it's not. Right. Um, so then what do people do? Because I know I love when you, you tweeted it the other day and I believe it, that voting's not enough. That's not the only answer, even though that's what people like to resort to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I mean, I'm a consistent voter, but it's like I was saying, 
you know, voting also hasn't stopped any of the bad things that have happened to me or the people that I love from happening mm-hmm. um, because they, they extend far beyond like the electoral realm. Um, for a lot of us that are kind of really push this idea that we really need to be building community, um, we go beyond this dichotomy of like, OK, we'll vote for the lesser evil type of thing mm-hmm. um, where we we want. It's not that we want to see the absolute destruction of humanity, if anything, like that's why we're fighting for it is because we believe ardently in the ability for people, the capacity for people to change and the mm-hmm. capacity for people to like love each other. And like you have to do the things that you do with like this like um, idea of a radical love. Like you have to love humanity so much that you're willing to like critique it, that you're willing to look at the things that aren't working. And Ooh. when <laughs> when it comes down to things like the Supreme Court, I mean, this is something that delves back into like 2012 and losses that happened there um, electorally, losing house seats, over a thousand house seats. And, you know, then it, I have people pointing fingers at like friends saying, oh, well, you didn't vote for this person or you didn't vote for that person. And it's like, well, that's not a direct correlation. Um, but again, part of it is also like if you fervently believe in democracy, you believe that everybody is smart enough, able enough, um, valuable enough to participate in our country and like you value everyone as equal, then you should fight heartily for democracy. And so sometimes that means you're not going to agree with people's decisions. And I'm not saying like agree to disagree because I think that's like a real that's kind of like gaslighty as fuck. Mm -hmm. But um, it's sort of one of those like you really have to push for people to understand like where you're coming from and then also just like fight like hell for the things that you believe in. Um, And so for me, like voting is harm reduction is what I call it. Like we we vote for people that we might not be too crazy about. But like these are people that are going to be exponentially better (laughs) than other people but at the same time like I do believe that um part of what we how we feel safe is building community and like we 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 kind of see this weird retreat into like isolation with people whenever bad shit's happening that's your first inclination is like oh fuck I don't want to be around all this so I'm gonna turn off like my social media I'm gonna go you know sleep for hours and not do anything and just kind of like be by myself which is fine (laughs) Eva um (laughs) Which is fine. Like, you should definitely be taking care of your mental health during, especially with this administration. They're being constant, like, reacting, 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 because that's what it feels. And I definitely get that all the time. But then at that point, it's like, let's build something new. If we don't believe in the things that exist now, like, let's build something new. And you have to do that with people, like, with other people, and and really, like, reimagine what it means to, like, be in a community and feel connected to people that don't look like you, that don't act like you, that may not even have the same thoughts as you, but at the end of the day, you're like, yo, we on the same earth together. Uh, it's going to be destroyed in, like, 16 years, so, like, <laughs> let's uh, let's do something about it type of thing. So, um, there's again, there's definitely some things that voting won't fix. Um, I'm definitely somebody that's, like, you need me to register you to vote like and we early have some voting. of the lowest voting turnout six percent for middle elections right yeah so we have a lot of embarrassing ass statistics dallas and we need to do better so let's take capricorns preach <laughs> <laughs> um so what are you most proud of in your work now that we're wrapping up oh shit um okay i mean a lot of it <laughs> like 
everything fire around oh my god um i think part of it was um this was when i was still i was doing like ntdt and dsa for a while mm-hmm. which became a lot to do right. to like leadership in two organizations but um it was in reaction to trump rescinding daca and you know we were at a point where we we're like shit we have like one month and people might not be able to renew again and for those who don't know for daca it's like a two-year permit and it's 495 dollars. so mm-hmm. we were like okay we have to move fast and so uh i helped organize seven work shops in the course of a week we went to Tyler we went to Fort Worth and we had a bunch in Dallas Um, we helped over 500 people Um, we raised over $25,000 and that was in conjunction with DSA because I was like yo we could do this too Um, and you know had the biggest turnout for volunteers and for and helped a shit ton of people Um, so I think I was just like really proud of the ability to like okay hey like I have all these connections already like let's just get this shit done Mm mm-hmm Ooh, there's so much that you're not even saying about the work you do because I, I met you through literally just I guess through Maria and NTDT kind mm-hmm. of but you were everywhere like even before there I knew are two you, of me there are two of you like she's literally involved in every fucking protest every rally every everything I've seen in the last few years I've been really working in dallas i was just like whoa that person there they are oh they're over here too and it's just incredible um so what's next in store for you i can brag on you a little bit more but i want to wrap up your portion yeah i mean i think for me right now we're within dsa we're really working hard to build like this presence of leftists of color specifically Mm -hmm. um so i'm really excited about like having that be something that's like talked about in our communities especially because i'm used to only organizing and mostly like poc spaces and Mm -hmm. like dsa is like heavily leans white and male um so that's been like that's been fun um no it's fun comrades if you're listening it's fun oh my Uh, god Um, but you know, being able to bring in like these notions that people haven't talked about before, like prison abolition and like what it means to reimagining police. Um, we participated in the prison strike that occurred not too Mm -hmm. long ago and we're writing to incarcerated individuals and it's like heartbreaking as it is just like people being in cages for like really trivial shit and Mm -hmm. shit that like people, you know, up top are definitely not in cages for. Um, but also just like how how little it takes for them to be so grateful for you to reach out. I mean, like I got a letter from somebody that just like, they acted like I did this huge monumental Mm -hmm. thing. And I was just like, I was angry because Mm -hmm. I'm like, how little humanity have you been shown that this is some like this little thing just made you so Mm -hmm. grateful. And this is somebody who is organizing with the prison strike in Louisiana and he's in confinement for 18 months. Um, He spends 23 hours of his day in a space that's like a parking uh, space the that's like the where he's confined and he still has hope so for me I'm like if you're if you're somebody that's in that space where I would feel like completely helpless Mm -hmm. and can still have hope and still think that humanity is worth like being redeemed um then it's hard for me to like not be grateful for the things that I have and the ability to do that and so I think that's also why I really like push whatever I can um into you know being involved in like these different things I wouldn't say I met everything because I definitely am also definitely an advocate of like find what you're most passionate about find what you're good at and Mm -hmm. then like give yourself to that because I think that's how people burn out is trying to be at everything at once and saying yes to everything Mm -hmm. so as much as you might think that like (laughs) and that's what I mean for my Capricorn (laughs) oh my god stop (laughs) 
You're going to make him mock everybody <laughs> even more on their freaking signs. I mean, all the best people are Capricorn. So saying. No, uh, I, I would agree. Shut up. You don't even know what Capricorn is. You're being such a Capricorn right I'm now. not a Capricorn. So you're actually, being a, my Capricorn, you're being a Capricorn. M- moon. Is your a, rising signs. Like, <laughs> I know. That's why I said that. Whatever. Go back to your beautiful speech. <laughs> Uh, well, the I mean, the only thing other thing I would say is just like, and I really want to push that on people because like, I really believe it in the sense of like, um, one strong leader, strong people don't need leaders because mm. we are all leaders and we all have the capacity to lead in different ways. Um, so acknowledging that within yourself, shout out Ella Baker. Um, and then also, um, that everyone deserves bread and roses. That's something that we hold really dear in DSA. And to explain that a little bit, that's basically that like, Everybody deserves the bare necessities of life, whether that's water, whether that's shelter, um, love, like those are all things that we are all entitled to and deserve. But then also like we deserve roses, like we deserve to have like luxuries. We deserve to have people um, do nice things for us and like maybe buy some champagne, (laughs) things like that. Um, And so just like really holding that dear is that people shouldn't have to suffer because they're poor Mm. Um, and yeah so wow is this a recruitment episode just kidding everyone join dsa <laughs> um where do we find you and follow you um you can find me online 24 7 literally literally um you can follow me on twitter at kk stephanie but it's s-t-e-f-f-a-n-y stephanie that's how my middle name it's stephanie stephanie yeah my dad clearly loved his phonetic spelling um <laughs> shout out dad thanks <laughs> Well, Thanks thank you so much for being with us. Is there anything else you want to say? No, I mean, I definitely agree with you. Go vote, but also like go and get involved. Yes. Take the streets. Take the streets. Um, thank you so much, Christian Hernandez, for being with us on The Colores Radio. I am, again, very grateful to call you a friend, but I am looking forward to seeing your continued growth. I'm c- looking forward to seeing what else you get involved with. Um and the changes and everything that you are pushing Dallas to do. I like hearing from you. I like hearing your thoughts, your ideas, your vision. And I hope that you inspired our listeners like you've inspired me. So thank you for being on Decolores Radio. You're listening to Decolores Radio. All right. So now we have our upcoming Decolores events. We mentioned it a little bit at the beginning and i'm very very excited about this we are very honored to have been selected as the hosts of the texas latino pride that happens here in dallas texas and we actually have one of the founders juan contreras with us yay welcome to the show so it's not going to be a super in-depth interview, but we wanted to get a little bit of the feedback about the event. So what can you tell us about yourself? And then we'll jump into the event. Okay. <laughs> you, you don't have to talk about yourself if you don't want to, but I just want to introduce them a little bit to you. We want your whole life story. Home. In Come five on. minutes. Bring it. talking about myself. But, oh my God. Um, I don't know. Ask me something. You're a Dallas native. Yes. So Cliff, hey, born and raised. what's up, um, OC? I am... 32. Sorry, my phone is going off. I'm so sorry. Wow, you're fired. You're 32 and single? Is that what you said? Yes. Give (laughs) us that info. And then what made you start doing this event? Literally, um, I was at a bar. Uh Uh-huh. I was at Mesa Dallas restaurant. Nice, nice. 
It was after uh, our swearing-in ceremony for Lulac, uh, uh-huh. Rainbow Chapter. Nice. Um, I met this uh, regional director for AIDS Healthcare Foundation. Um, we're having a few drinks, and I, in passing, we had a conversation about why does Dallas not have uh, Latino pride? And they had nothing of the sort besides the Lulac Rainbow Chapter. Correct. Got it. Well, we had a... Um, with the chapter, we did have like a Cinco de Mayo LGBT-themed event in May. Mm-hmm. But since then, that was getting ready to... Um, Fall apart? Not exist. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So then y'all together came up with this idea? Yeah. So we had a conversation of um, how we wanted... How that would be cool to have here in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, well, let's put... Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Right. And uh, so he was up for it. He's like, you know what? We'll help you out. And um, next thing you know, we're having meetings at Medical City uh, Center about it and how we're going to get this done. Uh, didn't think about the hard work yes. that goes into a production of Absolutely. this size. Um, I'm a little sweaty. It's kind of hot here. <laughs> it is. It, it is. is it's not you. It's actually warm here. I'm so sorry. Yeah. You're fine. And uh, yeah, so uh, there was this was in 2014. So um, now it's our fifth year. Woo! And uh, it seems to get easier as the years go by. Right, you have more. Experience. I get older. I get tired. I'm tired. <laughs> so then, who are we bringing in? What are the details of the event? We're very excited. Well, really quick, why, why, why? I think we kind of, I kind of might have had a conversation like this with you before, but, um, and also this man was also Lulac Council's Man of the Year a few years ago, so kind he's of being very humble. He's, he's he has very a very humble. interesting background. He's kind of a big deal. Kind anyway, of a big deal. Have um, you heard of El Padrino or no? Yeah, you better, you better get up on that game. We'll brag act for like you. Know. We'll brag for you, you if you don't act do like it. like you know. So. Yeah, come by. And, anywho, <laughs> um, Texas Latino Pride, because we all, I think for the majority of Dallas, we we know what the Pride Festival right. and the Pride Parade is because it's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the significance of Texas Latino Pride specifically as it relates to this city and, and, and that community? Okay, yeah. So when we're having this conversation, the whole thought about it was it'll be nice to have our community together in one space. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we all know, uh, the Latino community does have a lot of subcultures. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, I guess putting it into perspective, um, in Dallas, you have Havana's, mm-hmm. you have Caliente, and you have Rieles. They're all different crowds. They are very, mm-hmm. very different, different crowds. Right? <laughs> so, um, you know, we're like, how can we bring them all together, like mm-hmm. in one space? Right. And well, that's where we're like, we could do that Latino Pride. Mm-hmm. We'll just have to. Well, I wasn't thinking about that. Right. Then, but the struggle of trying to find uh, genres that would kind of align with the demographics here in Dallas, as far right. as the subcultures that already exist. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're still working on that. I think we're doing pretty good. You know, we can't get a lot of it into one day but um yeah so that's and of course dallas dallas part is different um without <laughs> without opening my mouth i guess no you're fine uh dallas pride you know has been around for a very long time um seems very white from my perspective yeah and a lot of us felt kind of left out like you know we were missing that representation that representation it Absolutely. does matter so 
Um, so that's where we're kind of. That's why it exists. Basically. And that's a big deal. I mean, that's it's a huge. huge. Deal. You're a huge you're deal. so sweet and humble, but that's like <laughs> humongous. Like, and it, you've been doing it for five years, and like, not only is it that we are missing this thing, but the the Latino gay community is so prominent here in Dallas. Like, it's not just a small little smidgen here or there. The fact that you created this thing that is now on five years, which is such a big deal, and you're only going to keep growing is monumental so you should be very proud of yourself thank you rafa for asking that um i think now we can get into the details of it all sure (laughs) so it is happening from 1 to 8 p.m correct yes 1 to 8 uh this coming up saturday october 6th at rivershawn park off of maple hey Uh 3505 maple you know i done memorized that address boy That was for my friend Sergio. If you're like my father. He doesn't use GPS. So uh, it's off of 35 uh-huh. right behind Do the it. Scottish Rite <laughs> Hospital. There you go. Do it for our parents. That's their direction Ahí still. Ahí en la, la maple entre el Oakland y el Wolf. So be there or be square. I'm very excited. Thank you so much for reaching out to us to do this. We're seriously honored. Like I could, I'll probably cry that night because um, we're just doing an ounce of something and the fact that you notice this is like ah. so thank you we're very and I excited think it's really cool that it's at Rivershawn Park I always talk about Cherrywood and Maple but I and I think I might have told you like I you know I remember growing up there used to be a Taco Bell on that corner and then there oh was so God. many things that went down at Rivershawn Park that was like the cruising spot for anybody if you had like a rinky dink cutlass with Supremes on it you That's went there me. and if you had like a candy painted up 6-4 Impala <laughs> with triple gold D's on it you were at Rivershawn Park on Sunday cruising and it was a big deal because like people it went out there history. and our community was there strong and like to see Texas Latino Pride you know still be there you know at, at this point in time and it be a complete world of difference in terms of environment from what I remember, like it still carries that relevance of what, you know, our community and, and parts of our community will still come together and celebrate. So that's really cool. I think it's exciting. Thank you. And it's open for everyone. Uh, family friendly. Um, I know, like, I think when you talk about like, or when you think about our political climate right now mm-hmm. you know you don't think about having fun but right when it goes to the conversation we had about uh, self-care mm-hmm. and you know absolutely it's good to break away from that no especially, absolutely i um, think it's detrimental yeah. to our health actually yeah and it's for a good cause so the percentage of the entrance uh fee which is five dollars general five dollars you got five dollars <laughs> i know you do mm-hmm. you'll get to see all these queens Y'all spend more than that. you better tell them they spend more than that riding these damn scooters around town. Bruh, <laughs> drag them. Go on. Sorry. A percentage goes to? Uh, it goes to North Texas Dream Team. Woo-woo. Oh, we know them. That's awesome. So it's only $5. Mm-hmm. Percentage goes to a very un- important organization. And it's ran by Latinos in Texas. And it's for the queer community. And it's creating a space that needs to be taken up. And we get to celebrate a beautiful community here in Dallas, Texas. What more reason do you have to come out than that? Juan, do you have anything else to share? Uh, well, if they want to see if who's performing. Yes, um, tell us. It's on uh, TexasLatinoPride.com. Ooh, but, ah, dang. <laughs> I'm like, no, we, tell me. No, but we do have, um, I think, so one of the artists, like, this is, you know, you never know who's listening, right? Mm-hmm. So um, 
Tatiana Hazel, Yay, I actually I found out about her through the Colores. Yeah. What? I didn't know that. You didn't tell me that. We're going to start crying. Amazing. We're going to start I crying right her. now. Uh, yeah. I actually got to meet her during South by and, and DJ Chava too. So when I saw that they were coming, I was like, oh my God. Because DJ Chava t- hit me up and was like, I'm playing a show in Texas um, coming up in October. And I was like, what? And then she hit me up and I was in Mexico City. And she was like, oh, we're playing at uh, Latino Pride in Dallas. And I was like, ah, I get to see them again. So it was pretty cool how it all came together. Now we're yes, all- full circle. So beautiful. So Yay. Yay. How exciting. Well, I'm glad to hear that. That literally just made my whole day. Um, very, ex- I, ca- I am just literally excited. So I sound like a broken record. Um, <laughs> October 6th, 1 to 8 p.m., $5, Rivershawn Park, amazing Latinx acts. What more do you have to do? And it's hosted by your favorite podcast squirrels. Yeah, come through if you want to get served up on some bachata, pop, salsa, or cumbia. Because we are going to get can down. Do and electric little, kitchen. Can I do and little... there's a basketball court over there. So if you want to get crossed up, we could go over there too. Your knees are bad. Calm can down. Can you not put me on blast on this? Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Juan, you, for Juan. being with us. And go follow uh, Texas Latino Pride at... Texas Latino Pride? Is that the at? <laughs> Texas Latino Pride on Facebook, TX Latino Pride on Twitter, TX Latino Pride on Instagram. And you can buy your yep. tickets at TexasLatinoPride.com. Yes, ma'am. Yay. Thank you, Juan. Thank you. Now it is officially time for Rafa's favorite segment Self Care Corner. <laughs> Why are you so bad? Are you I'm okay? Not you need some self care in your life. I do need some self care. Um, It's time for Self Care Corner. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I had to make sure I said it because then if not, it's just incomplete. Um, does anybody have any self-care they want to share or something new they've tried? All right, thank you guys. Do our guests want to say I anything? I put peppermint oil in my bath shower to like try and help me breathe better. Good job, Pat. But then the peppermint got in my eyes. So. Oh my God, these are so morbid. <laughs> Why was, are y'all sharing this? That was self-care. Does anybody else have anything? No, if not... Um, one. Sure. I just started watching um, AHS. With, oh, the new Ooh, season or the whole it? show? The whole, I just started like... You never watched never it? Never watched it. It's pretty entertaining. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, right now my favorite one is season three. That's the Coven. Coven. I don't know if I watched... I didn't finish that one. I did watch Coven. That's The Witches. I will say I this newest one. trailer made me want to start it. That's the Apocalypse one, right? Yes. Apocalypto? No, oh my God. Oh, not the Mel Gibson movie. I'm going to um go ahead and wrap up the self-care <laughs> corner so we can jump into who you got. Self-care. Do not because, take care of yourself. Yeah. Just watch AHS. Golly. <laughs> um, my self-care corner that I was going to share, which I feel like is something I've repeated before, but it's a reminder that I need, is to feel your pain and heal. Do not ignore it. Be honest with yourself. I feel like... um. It sucks to come to terms with our flaws or our um, toxic habits and we all have them and it's really important to be like, okay, this is something I need to work on and and actually acknowledge it and, and accept it and feel it and then say, I'm going to do something about it because that's the next step. You can't just be like, oh, I'm just a rude bitch and that's all. So it's like, okay, cool. You're a rude bitch. Are you going to stay a rude bitch? Or are you going to work on it and try to be less of a rude bitch? Um, 
I don't know. I've been thinking about that a lot lately because I very I've become comfortable in some of my habits and I'm like, no, I should actually work on that. Um, and then also with just healing, I think it's uh, essential to actually feel that terrible feeling that you're avoiding so that maybe it will help you to process it to move on i'm not saying it's guaranteed i know that emotions and feelings and life and trauma does not work that way um but just a recommendation for something i'm trying to apply to myself and that is my self-care corner for the week yay all right so now we can jump to our brown business of the week which if you haven't already guessed it's going to be for me. I decided this. I took initiative. I'm putting my foot down. Brown business of this week is Texas Latino Pride. Woo! I think their story is amazing. I'm very excited to be a part of this. But also, like, if we're out here throwing events and we're helping our own community out and we're bringing out our people, who the fuck should we be supporting? this this is the kind of stuff we need to go to this is the stuff we should be putting our money into not the big old fancy ones that are giving money to beer companies that are taking water from industries which i'm literally attacking myself because i'm also doing that (laughs) but i really like if you have the opportunity to support events like this that you know are run by good people like our friend juan why would you not support it I don't understand. Ooh, you don't even. I'm already. I'm, I can't wait to have those jackfruit tacos, neon nachos, Ooh. get lit, listen to some Tatiana Hazel. All yeah, these amazing gonna people. Um. It's going to be amazing. So shout out to our Brown Business of the Week, Texas Latino Pride. We will see you October 6th. All right. Now it's officially time for our final segment. Who you got? Patricia. ¿Quién tienes? Um... But going back to Latino Pride, uh, Tatiana Hazel released a new song, Si o No. It's really good. So yes or looking no? For- si or no? Si or no? She's got a little Kickstarter to try to help her fund Aww. with. Because she actually is like a fashion designer and Same. she writes all her own music, produces her all her own music. She's like managing everything Wow, she's Selena, doing. am I right? So, I'm sorry. Honestly, a little bit, yes. I mean, that's who I think of. She's, that's what she was doing. So yeah, check her out at Texas Latino Pride. And then I've got... Um, my roommate got me on Young Tender, and it's they're like a they're like a sad disco band from Monterrey, and it's really oh. good. They just released a new album, Rotos. It's not spelled like the terrible dating app. Tender, like love, <laughs> like love me tender. Like got it. Like, like a chicken, chicken tender. tender. That's better. Um, I don't know about what love me tender is, but chicken tender. Oh. I, I mean, I don't know it either, but, but I that's mean, what people I love say me sometimes. Tenders. Same. I love me thirty dollar one too. So Young Tender, they're from Monterrey. Um, it's like some sad pop disco '80s vibes. Monterey? I think I think Rafa might like it. It has some lo-fi sound. I might. Rafa, what's your who you got? Somebody deleted mine. It said so, Mandy Moore earlier. No, it did not. It said this is How us the new you? season. I would never disrespect <laughs> Britney Spears like that. True. Anywho, I don't know if I'm late on this or not, or what happened, or if they're a problem, or why they're not making music. The Tokyo Twins from Houston. Mm, I don't know what that is. They have a song called Northside that was really dope. I was listening to it I only know Vince Staples Northside. That's only Northside I know too. Sorry. So who is this? Tokyo Twins? Yeah, Tokyo Twins, Northside, H-Town. They dropped that song like in January. What kind of music is it? Um, it's uh, grunge, gangster, lo-fi, emo rap. That's your at- entire identity. That's everything. That's wow. And hip-hop. Tokyo But Twins. they missed that. Bluegrass. Um, bluegrass. Ooh. Bluegrass opera. Yuck. Jazz. Just avant-garde. kidding. There's probably some bluegrass out there that I shouldn't be shaming. 
all right so you're who you got is tokyo twins which i feel like you might have made up but you might be serious no, they're real. I okay just up. sorry he left it blank <laughs> and i don't trust anybody pat already heard their whole catalog and went to one He's of the like shows. actually no, i invented to them has, like, two songs. we're gonna see them at latino texas texas latino pride next year they only have two songs Ooh. two so yeah so saying so there, there's not a whole yeah <laughs> she has listened Christian, thank you no i just looked them up on spotify oh my god okay so my this episode's going long folks <laughs> i'm gonna try to wrap it up here my who you got is still dissect podcast because it's brilliant and i love it and also blood orange negro swan i've been listening to it i prefer it more than the last album of his I also maybe just really love it because he seems to go on the theme of, um, I think it's Janet Mock he has on there. And he he's has talking P. Diddy about P. Diddy. He has P. Diddy. He has ASAP Rocky. But more importantly, I love the themes he intertwines within it, which is really talking about what family means and a lot of uh, trans, uh, uplifting trans issues, basically, is what it seemed like to me and just what it means to be other and create your own family and create community and just hype like i just love he it keeps it embracing has, more of his queer identity I think, yes he's releasing more of that that we kind of assumed but weren't really sure about and i really loved hearing that and they're like affirmations within the the album and i think they're really beautiful and i love listening to it and it's just very chill and fun and i think it's a great album and that's what it. i'm listening to all right that wraps it up for us here at the colores radio don't forget to share the podcast and follow us on social media subscribe and leave us a darn review like Ooh. that that's was kind of crusty nasty one <laughs> Ooh. um i said ill more because you said sick nasty and then it made it all worse right, all right 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 yours another 10 minutes okay so um thank you to all of you who have written reviews i love them they make my day they make me happy thank you if you've bought a t-shirt or or said something to us or wanted to do anything with us and just made our life better um even this like you learning juan learning about tatiana through us like all of these things mean so much to us and i know we joke a lot and we have a lot of fun but it really uh, means everything to us and motivates us to keep going so please please contact us and and share it with people a lot of people ask me how do we help share it we want to keep growing and literally the only way for us to keep growing is to blast us to tell your parents to tell your family to share it with everybody you know um let us know what your favorite part was tweet us or just hit us up we love hearing from you all we could not go on without your support tell everyone you love to follow us at the colores co if you enjoy your, our personal thoughts you can follow me at eva arreguin rafa at exile and pat at pat.arreguin our theme song is cumbia anthem by el dusty which won a grammy and i didn't realize that did you know that it didn't win a Grammy. I thought it did. No, he was nominated with Happy Colors, but he didn't win. But it was a Grammy-nominated song. Yeah. I didn't even know that. D uh, did we talk about that? We have oh. friends in high places. I know, but like our cute little theme song is like a cute <laughs> little Grammy-nominated song. Yeah. Anyways, our audio editor is Rafael Tamayo. We promise to keep growing and providing you with entertaining content and more importantly, a platform for your voices and work to be lifted. Contact us on social media or email us at thecoloriscollective at gmail.com. Go to Texas Latino Pride. We will see you there October 6th. Thank you so much again for listening and join us again next time for The Colores Radio. Yo. 
de, de, de Colores Radio. De, de, de Colores Radio.